brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Ladies, gentlemen, friends, foes, lurkers, regulars, GMO people, organic people. Zero inbound. Why? Four. Welcome, everybody. I hope everybody is doing well out there. For a little bit of slapback. Where'd that come from? Welcome to the Boiler Room. It is February the 17th of 2022, and you're listening to us live if you're here tonight. It's almost 9 p.m. Central Time out here in Texas. And it's time for Boiler Room. AlternateCurrentRadio.com. That's our website. That's where you find our latest posts. Links over to our Spreaker account. Be sure and get that Spreaker app and follow us on Spreaker so that you get notified when new episodes of your favorite alternate current radio shows and affiliated shows and curated shows drop onto that app. It, of course, goes out to iTunes and Spotify and uh, all that stuff. I think Amazon's the only one that won't have us. I don't know. What's up, Bezos? Why? What do we do? What do we do to deserve this? Uh, but yeah, we're out there on all those platforms. Check us out. Make sure you get those automated notifications and visit us on the web. Uh, I would like to uh, extend our thanks to uh, the few people that have thrown into the swear jar in the last couple of weeks. We appreciate all of you very, very much. You're going to get us over the hump here. Uh, well, we're working on getting over the hump. So if anyone else wants to throw in alternatecurrentradio.com forward slash donate, that is where you can find out where to throw in the swear jar, throw in the crypto wallet. Uh, what else? The Patreon, all that stuff is linked there. The store, if you want to support Ruckus, you can buy a mug or t-shirt. You want to support Alternate Current Radio, buy some other swag. It is all very cool and very much appreciated, uh, those of you that have. We thank you also. All right, and big hugs to the Patreons out there. The patrons, thank you very much for your patronage and your patience while we have been busy working on a new website for you folks. So uh, we'll get back interactive with you there on that platform but for now uh we are full steam ahead uh ruckus and i and uh, others on the team are warp speed we are warp speed ahead with the new website looking forward to show it to everybody uh but it is time for a boiler room so that's what we're up to tonight 
And uh, we have tonight with us, we got Chopper joining us once again. Chopper, welcome back to the Boiler Room. How's it going? Good, good, man. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Looking forward to getting into some stuff with you. Digging the background there tonight. We're going to spray down that fake news. We don't want that stuff. <laughs> right? You know, I think this came from a mainstream article. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. All right. Excellent. Okay, we've also got joining us tonight, uh, once again, Infidel Pharaoh. Infidel, welcome back to the Boiler Room. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Hey, Shopper, is this guy wearing mask for Corona or because of his praying? Like some toxic stuff on this fake news. Yeah, that's a good question, um, but it must be safe and effective. Well, I just can't. I just can tell it's not an N95, so that's why I just wanted to point out that that guy <laughs> needs to have an N95 mask. You know, if he was spraying dangerous chemicals like that to kill the fake news or the COVID or whatever it is, I would venture to say that N95 maybe isn't even good enough. I think yeah, he needs I think you need a respirator. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's common sense. It's common sense, right? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Most of us here, by the way, we, we're not, uh, we can't be certified for respirators either. Too much beard. <laughs> That's right. Too much beard going on. <laughs> Definitely too much beard in the boiler room for respirators. All right. Well, we'll go bareback tonight. Uh, so let's head over and introduce uh, the odd man out of the odd cast. Welcome back to the boiler room, odd man. How goes it? Hey, man, it's going great. It's awesome to be back with the social rejects. So thank you for having me once again. All right. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. Glad to have you back with us this week. Up next, we've got Ruckus of the Daily Ruckus. Ruckus, welcome to the Boiler Room. Hey, how's it going, gang? Uh, to quote Joseph R. Biden Jr., the 46th president of the United States, I want to talk about happy things, man. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me, gang. Can't right. wait. Let's do it. We won't mention Corn Pop then. We don't want to bring up bad memories. All right. Let's see here. We've also got uh, the host of Stop the Presses on RBN, the truth hound himself, Mark Anderson, joining us. Mark, welcome back to the Boiler Room. Hello, fellow fat criminals. How are you tonight? Very good. Very good. Glad to have uh, such uh, high quality thought criminal friends amongst us. <laughs> Yes, indeed. We'll hang out now because someday we may hang together. That's right. That is right. <laughs> we'll see what we can do to avoid it, but uh, I don't know. As some might say it's looking inevitable at this point, but uh, we're going to have some fun, some gallows humor while we're at it, Mark. Very glad to have you with us tonight, and let me shift over to my beautiful and lovely co-host, the one and only, the very lovely Spore, keeper of all things Whiskey Tango Foxtrot on the interweb. Spore, how's it going? Welcome back to the Boiler Room. Hey, thanks. I'm happy to be here. I think it's going great considering everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really happy to be here with some sane people tonight. Yes. Well, we're happy to have you with us and to have you here to help us break the ice tonight. So uh, what kind of oddity do uh, did the Social Rejects Club dig up for you this week? Oh my gosh, there were so many to choose from. It's getting ridiculous. I think we're just gonna like have to do weekly icebreaker shows <laughs> um, because they're so it's it's just insane clown world. Uh, so I have two that I would like to go with, and I did put one in your Skype there, Hesh, that has an audio clip on it that I think is worth playing. And this one that um, I put in your Skype is the mayor of Hudson, Ohio, has suggested 
that allowing people to set up ice shanties for ice fishing could somehow lead to prostitution. Um, so this, this meeting escalated pretty quickly. Al My Neck uh, sent this one to us. And, and basically, from what I, I'm understanding, is they're just trying to get permission for, you know, a fishing shack so, so that they can go fishing in the winter and do ice fishing. But uh, the mayor thought it led to different things. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see what happened there. Uh, check it out. Additionally, if you open this up to ice fishing, while on the surface it sounds good, then what happens next year? Does someone come back and say, I want an ice shanty on Hudson Springs Park for X amount of time? And if you then allow ice fishing with shanties, then that leads to another problem. Prostitution. Now you got the police chief and the police department involved. Just data points to consider. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ready then, uh, boy, that escalated quickly. How did we go from uh, ice fishing to ice shanties to ice prostitutes? <laughs> it's I don't. Just data points, when okay. I, when I think of an ice fishing shack, I'm like thinking about banging. So of course that that would be like the perfect place to bring a girl that you could pay for a bang, right? Just like, come over to this frozen lake and I've got a little shag on there. Let's go do it. Shag in the free. ice shanty. I got 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it also will keep you warm. It's a good way to warm up. The shanty or the lady of the night? Uh, the lady of the night. That's true. <laughs> okay. he, he went right to that. He just didn't even mess. I mean, just... <laughs> If we allow them to have these ice shantings, boom, prostitution. <laughs> I'm wondering how he spent his weekends. It seems he's very knowledgeable of that. So. Yeah, yeah. He must maybe, I mean, is this a thing he's, he's experienced or it's just know, data man. points? Yeah. He's like, I know what y'all do at ice fishing shacks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but every time I go ice fishing, I get a prostitute. So that's it's, what everybody else is going to do. It's part of the trip, right? I mean, that's what everybody does when they ice fish, as far as I know. <laughs> I can't imagine I can't imagine prostitutes going, you know, I think I'll hang out where the ice fishermen are. They have the big bucks. <laughs> right? Some guy coming along, you know, slept in his truck. He's got a bucket full of chum and an axe. Yeah, I'm, I'm hang out by the uh, by the ice hole today. I don't know. Just, just like the just like the movie Pretty Women, right, with Richard Gere. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty glamorous, isn't it, Odd Man? <laughs> well, I'm not sure if spotted dick is a fish that swims in really cold water or not, but I couldn't help help but mention that. <laughs> you know, I actually saw this. It's so funny. I just saw this the other day, and it just cracked me up. And um, I guess this guy, try, he's tried to walk it back. Did you see that part, Spore? Like, I guess afterwards? Um, oh, I did. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So he's about to retire. And so he tried to walk it back and say he was joking, which he obviously was not joking, but right. he's tried I, to do that. Now that you mention it, I thought I saw that he had resigned. It's Ooh, probably time. I don't think, I don't think he was playing with a full deck there. If that's what's going on in the meetings. Well, yeah, that was really strange. That was weird. That is a strange one. Uh, thanks, Al My Neck. Real weird. Uh, Ruckus, what uh, you know, 
you ever heard of this happening? I guess there's not a lot of ice fishing going on in New Mexico, is there? I smell something fishy here. <laughs> um, speaking of which, true story. So um, <clears throat> I will at least leave out the name of the business. I'm pretty sure they're not no longer in business, but it, well, so it doesn't matter actually because they are no longer in business. Okay. Here in Albuquerque, when I first moved here, um, and then I was of the adult age when I moved here, right, uh, there was a strip club here, one of the few that were in, you know, full nudity strip club. We had plenty of topless uh, clubs, but there was only like one or two where you full nude, right? This was one of them, and it was called the Ice House. And uh, I had never gone there, um, and all I knew uh, about it was like a well-known urban legend, or maybe it was true, that the place stunk of like rotten fish. Ew. So I don't know what any of that has to do with this story. Uh, but then again, I don't know what prostitution has to do with these ice shanties either. So, um, you know, this is ridiculous. This is like, Hey, apple orange. Yeah. Let's, yeah here. <laughs> I is, don't know. is there like a, is there, is there like a tiered process to judging people's, ice houses and ice fishing setups like he makes it sound like if we let them do that then the ice shanties are gonna show up and pff, that equals prostitution of course but like what's wrong with the ice shanty what's the difference between the normal ice fishing uh abode and an ice shanty i guess maybe i'm missing some of the points here i think though uh, uh who, who what's this person's title or ex what's what's the official thing here he was what Moron. Uh, let's see here. Mayor? Uh, yeah. Mayor right. Schubert. Cool. Perfect. So what I've noticed is that we have all of the world leaders, and it probably trickles down to, like, governors and mayors who say these absolutely weird and ridiculous things that make no sense whatsoever. Like the president of our country, uh, like uh, that guy over there in the U.K., Boris Johnson, you, you see them say these weird things and, and have these total gaffes. I think that's just the thing now. I think this is totally expected and totally normal if you're a politician in any power or leadership whatsoever. Uh, I think this is how it is moving forward in the new normal, air quotes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you got something there, Ruckus. It's uh, all of a sudden it's um, normal or new normal to despise world leaders and to take um, for the media and the system to like scapegoat people for the political polarization. That's definitely a thing here. It's a side effect of uneducated uh, public. Mm. You end up with morons in power. Yes. What infidel said there, I just want to build on that a tad. I don't think, at least I hope we can't go any lower than the, than these doofuses and ignoramuses that are in public office now because it's getting really scary. I mean, you're talking people that have zero principles, zero scruples, and they're dumb as a post. And it it's, I hope we've reached the bottom because we if we haven't, then that is just terrifying. I mean, every, every town, I, I've been a reporter a long time and I've seen it over the years that the, the caliber of the people in office just continues to plummet and i'm wondering when it's going to hit bottom and i i don't know it's just it's really unsettling it really is you, you can laugh at it but it's also quite disturbing have you seen the uh mike judge movie idiocracy mark 
Yes, I have. And here's the irony. There is a pile of trash in Donna, Texas, my hometown, that rivals that pile. And I am not making that up. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm with you in that hope. I hope we don't have to go any further down the uh, idiocracy slide, because if we do, uh, we're going to be right there where that film is. No, I just want to add, like, it, 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 this is really uh, uh, an, an, a byproduct of we are in a society right now that everybody has been brainwashed that credentials and, 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 and qualification is no measure anymore of you occupying a position, right? You, you don't select people based on credentials or qualification. You select them based on what slogans they are using or what, what their color is or what their gender is. So that's, that's the result of what you get. And this is why you're seeing this new grade of people that just has no qualification whatsoever to be where they are. Right. All they need is a label instead of a, a skill or an asset or an accomplishment. Or, or even a principle like, you know, First, do no harm. Don't steal people's freedom just for sport. You know, I mean, even start there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, sport. Uh, where are we at with icebreaker? Did you have uh, a, a leftover or a secondary you wanted to throw out there? Yeah, and I haven't read the full thing here, but this is pretty interesting. Um, this one is actually ruckus. You might have already read this whole thing because you put it in the suggestions here. It's titled "Racist." Meta slave NFT project rebrands after being called racist. So, from what I'm understanding, just from the first few paragraphs of it, there's been a lot of so called racist things that have been um, very popular on the in the metaverse. Um, speaking of like NFTs depicting George Floyd, they're called Floydies. Um, and then there's this meta slave, which is featuring images of black people. Um, so apparently they're now being called racist for having their slaves be all black because there's different types of slaves in the world. And now they're going to be rebranding re themselves uh, as it's more inclusive, I guess. Oh, gosh. So there can be no, uh, no, no memeing and uh, mean speak or uh, inappropriate or not politically correct uh, images in the metaverse. Is this what we're getting at? We've already seen the case of the lady who claimed she was groped in the metaverse inappropriately. So, like, I mean, geez, where were these people back in the Second Life days? Do, do you people who are upset about these things even know? Do you even know what was going on in Second Life and in all these other insane places that these metaverses are are based upon you know these these aren't new these have been around for quite a while even people that played that video game the sims where you just sit around and kind of let life evolve around your avatar like just stupid mental stuff or grand theft auto like are we not going to be able to have any fun in the imaginary worlds anymore they're going to take away um slapping hookers and stealing cars from me in grand theft auto i mean I cherish slapping hookers and stealing cars in, in Grand Theft Auto. I'm just kidding. I haven't played that in decades, but many people do, you know. Uh, so where, where's this all heading? And now we've got all these woke companies buying up the video game companies. I know I kind of just pivoted out of NFT and into video games, but I think it all relates. Like Microsoft bought uh, Activision, and I think they might have bought BioWare too. Someone bought up BioWare. 
Uh, are their games going to be any good anymore? You know, is it going to do like a, a Walt Disney and Marvel sort of thing where woke companies get a hold of these <clears throat> cherished institutions and franchises and then, you know, shit rainbows all over them? You know what? I mean, honestly, the, my first thought when I saw this is like a meta slave. Like, that's awesome. I would like one of those. I don't care what it looks like. If it's going to do some things for me, like I would like, like even if it looked like a little me and if it like went and like did, you know, like a little butler for yourself, like a little slave, like I think that'd be pretty rad. Remember the little Microsoft paperclip that used to come with Microsoft <laughs> office? <laughs> was he a slave? Was, was that, uh, adorable. What was, color was he? Was, I just, it doesn't matter really. <laughs> he was just a little silver guy with big googly eyes. <laughs> Are you against all googly-eyed people now? <laughs> uh, no, we need to have um, yellow in color, Simpsons yellow in color. Uh, we need to have, or the option to choose their skin tone. Right, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> I'm just wondering if they're going to go after the BDSM community next. Oh, I don't know. They, I don't think they can mess with them because, you know. I that's, don't, because yeah. a lot of them are actually in, in their woke world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't that you can't mess with whatever their weird kink is, dude. That's funny. Where my first thought was, wait, wait a second. There's meta slaves in the metaverse. Like, why is this even a thing? Like, what? <laughs> I, I, that was all news to me. I'm confused by this. Yeah, yeah. I wanna I wanna hear from Ruckus on this one. This actually came from a uh, cricket. So shout out to cricket for for dumping me this one. I I shared it to Ruckus and then it went around the. Uh, the team here, but what'd you make of this one, Ruckus, as a uh, someone that watches the NFT space? Well, it was a Vice article, so I'm sorry I couldn't stand to read the whole thing, but I, I read <laughs> a little bit, and I have it pulled up in front of me because I remembered what their excuse for why they did this, and I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense, but really you're going to do this in this day and age and, and not expect this kind of a, a response to it? But uh, they said that uh, they claimed that, quote, in creating our project, we wanted to show that everyone is a slave to something, a slave to desires, to work, to money, etc. And you can't you can't blame them for that. But they they insisted that there were going to be more collections in the future, like white and Asian, etc. So um, it's just I guess because they came out of the box with uh, one particular color of crayons, and it caused the ruckus. <laughs> Well, it is Black History Month. Maybe they were just, you know, kicking it they, off appropriately like the rest of the corporate world. Right. Like maybe possibly trying to raise some awareness to something that's trying to be erased from the history books. Uh, they even did 1,800. Uh, they did a certain number of them to match the year that's, you know, they did all this clever stuff and how much. The, I don't think that they were trying to be racist, but, yeah, you do this kind of thing. You stick your neck out like this. It's going to get, you know, here's what so. Woke cultured. Yes. Woke. This is why I'm, I'm happy to know that when we have the Facebook branded version of the metaverse, we get our little VR safe spaces. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. BDSM to the right. Uh, free speech. You are not. You're deleted. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyone else want to weigh in on that one? Uh, any thoughts on that? Odd man. This whole metaverse thing is getting really, really meta meta. Well, you know, it's just like an, a kind of an expected outcome from all the woke stuff. You know, it's it's like it, it wokeness 
I mean, as you guys know, it eventually will cancel itself out because they, they are already, we've seen in the last few years, woke people canceling each other and censoring each other. Uh, and uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just the kind of thing that has to have some end to it. Uh, but unfortunately, it's going to affect all of us, you know. So um, I just don't understand what these people are thinking. I mean, how easily – it's almost like – I was thinking about this yesterday. I won't go on a tangent, but just like, um, you know, with the LGBTQ, blah, 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 um, kind of community, I, I feel like they kind of grabbed on to, you know, the black community – and tried to, you know, and a lot of, I think, black people feel that way, too. And uh, they wanted to get in on, but I've been mistreated. I, I've been abused. Blah, blah. And I think this is kind of like maybe a little bit more of that. You know, it's like um, there was only one or two, you know, groups who were minorities who, you know, could say before that they had been mistreated. And now you've got people competing to, to, to be, uh, you know, uh, victims victim mentality and uh it's really sick <laughs> it's it's and it's depressing too because uh i feel sorry for these people that have that kind of mentality to be honest i mean i get mad at them but i do feel sorry for them because i don't understand uh what kind of future they can have yeah man if uh anyone that's ever truly been victimized uh you know and has really been had wrong done against them um this this attitude of victimization as a, as a virtue and as a distinguishing uh, mark for individuality and, and this kind of stuff and ranking people is, I don't know, it's, uh, it's an insult to people that have actually been wronged very, very badly. So, yeah, I agree. It's a terrible thing to treat children, um, te to teach children also. Um, what about you, Mark? Are you, are you, you have any thoughts on the metaverse? Are you hip to this metaverse thing? And any thoughts on uh, wokeism already flooding into it? I'm not real up to speed on the metaverse thing conceptually, but I'll just concur, throwing my my two cents that you know Microsoft buying up these sorts of things and getting involved in gaming and turning gaming into another part of this politically correct um, upside down universe that we're being uh, you know forced to live under by the powers that be is just another sad commentary in this monopolistic octopus that's, you know, overtaken the world with names like Vanguard and State Street and BlackRock and so on and so forth. Um, you know, with this monetary system we have, this debt-based usurious system, it's, it's very fertile ground for this. It's made by monopolists for monopolists and the monopoly just keeps spreading everywhere like a cancer. It's just my, my son's a big gaming guy, and um, uh, he'll probably tell me about this as he sees it happening, but hopefully it won't be. But um, whatever Microsoft touches turns to dust, really. And uh, it's just uh, unpleasant to hear, you might say, just because can't there be some segment of society, some sanctuary to get away from the, this powers that be that's running the world? But it seems like you can't. It's hard to find. You know, it's hard to find a, a sanctuary. We're, we're granted no quarter, as the old saying goes. I have a pen right here because I have an article that Paul just, you know, searching metaverse. Because it seems like Amazon also is jumping in and hiring a lot of metaverse programmers. 
Um, and the name of the article is JP Morgan is the first bank into the metaverse. Looks at business opportunity. Um, and one piece of the article here is JP Morgan begins its assessment of metanomics by pointing out that the average price of a parcel of virtual land doubled in the latter half of 2021, jumping from $6,000 in June to $12,000 by December across the four main Web3 metaverse like Decentraland. Uh, so it's really interesting, right? And, and, and a lot of like virtual shoe designers and, 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 and I, I see a trend here, right? Is especially when you see those big techs jumping in as price of actual physical lands and, and, and they're like those billionaires and banks are going around and, and purchasing land and physical assets everywhere and you will just be at your home buying some virtual parcels and, and that's how what they are selling to you, right? You're not owning anything actually physical. You're just living in your meta in your metaverse, right? And that's that's where this is going. It's 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 a to give you your power of like the same keeping you in, in that like consumer mentality but nothing physical right now you're just sitting on your desk spending your thousands of dollars that, that's worth nothing now right with inflation and you're buying virtual shit that just means nothing <laughs> so it's it's really interesting the scariest part of this whole thing right now what you guys are talking about is that in like five or ten years Am I going to be kicking myself because I didn't buy a nice piece of land in the metaverse and I'm stuck in some digital ghetto slum somewhere? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Should have bought that pad back when I could afford it. Yep. Well, that's what we're all saying to ourselves that we're looking at um, Bitcoin back in 2013 and stuff. I mean, geez, Ruckus and I would be rich if we would have taken some of the Bitcoin opportunities that we had back in 13 and 14. I mean... We'd be on an island somewhere, man, with a drink and an umbrella in it. Here's here's the thing, though, guys. There is no such thing as the metaverse. There's a number of these different platforms that are calling themselves metaverse. But the the one that Infidel reported on, um, I've heard about all this. Uh, that's in this one called Decentraland, and that one's considered one of the first ones that's been doing this. But it's not really a lot of like people using it right now. It's not fully open to the public yet. There's this other one that's closer to being completely open to the public, and you see stuff or hear about things happening there, like Snoop Dogg in this thing called Sandbox. Uh, you have this other one from Facebook now. They're going to work on just Meta, whatever that is, right? Uh, there's this other one called Blocktopia or Block or something like that, where it's like little apartment buildings inside. So it's like a, an apartment building, and you have like rooms and things going on inside of this endless number of floors apartment buildings living crammed inside the metaverse so there's no real one metaverse but um as investors out there this isn't financial advice but um if you notice that like that one there that infidel mentioned decentraland there if jp morgan is going to go ahead and open and spend all this money to have a bank service in there I think they're bet they're betting on the fact that that's not going anywhere so I don't know what that means nudge nudge wink wink but I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting. And also, Infidel, you may not know, uh, McDonald's uh, has either opened one or is going to open a place where, as you're in the metaverse, you walk up to it and order your food at the little virtual McDonald's. And then, you know, you, the McDonald's, I guess, is delivered to you probably via drone or Uber. Um, the parent company, company of Maybelline, 
uh, the, that large uh, L'Oreal, I believe is who it is. They they have applied for patents to do NFTs and stuff in the metaverse. So they're going to sell you makeup inside the metaverse. So and these companies are spending a lot of money in investing in doing this stuff. So. I get this frightening idea that this is not just a fad. This is not going away. This is what the proverbial they really want moving forward in the future. I don't know how soon. I hope not that soon. I hope I'm not here for this crap. Yeah. This is baloney. So, Rakas, in that same article, they are ex- saying they're expecting the economy of the metaverse to hit $18.1 billion in 2027. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. Yeah. So Ruckus, when you when you're talking about those kind of uh, services like purchasing inside of of these metas, are are you talking about? Just clarify for me. Do they mean like makeup for your avatar in the metaverse, or it's actually going to come physically to your house, or both? I'm not so sure about the makeup, but I know that they did apply for NFTs. Uh, so that means virtual items inside the metaverse. So being the makeup provider that could mean one of two things it could mean that they are going to make actual items for your avatar which would be makeup on your avatar i don't quite understand this or they could make cool collectible things that like you use inside the metaverse or your avatar wears a t-shirt that says maybe i'm born with it maybe it's maybelline i don't know (laughs) so who knows uh but i do know that as this thing starts out, there will be that still that fine line between reality, the real world and the metaverse. And you'll be able to order your items inside the metaverse that are delivered to you in real life. But how long before you don't even need those real life items, you know? Well, if you connected, do you remember the monitor we spoke about the, the food tasting one? Oh yeah. The taste of vision. There you go. So that's what McDonald's is going to deliver too. You just deliver it to your monitor and just lick it. Well, I must say that that's probably a good thing considering what's inside of McDonald's food. I would lick a screen over eating McDonald's any day. Absolutely. Yeah. That is not food. This is save me some calories and toxins (laughs) going into my body. You know what this is going to lead to? If you can order McDonald's and lick it on the screen, prostitution. (laughs) Yeah. If if you can lick the screen, then prostitution. This is the total if-then-else situation here. If, insert variable... (laughs) Else equals prostitution. <laughs> I mean, but but no, seriously though. I mean, how how easy it is to tie that shit with uh, with uh, a link in my por- OnlyFans virtual, virtual pornography. You know, yeah, you have dude. already all those toys and simulators that you just go in and you know you have your thing. It can be ice fishing and and your and your metaverse and in your Tesla. <laughs> Drive your snow Tesla to go ice fishing in the metaverse and pick up a hooker while you're ice fishing. I got to say, these are some hardy hookers they got wherever this guy is. I don't think these lot lizards here can handle that. Yeah, those, those are some thick-skinned uh, hookers there. That's, I'm sorry. That's an important point that Infidel just made because considering how prolific pornography is on the internet – the whole metaverse thing is going to be giant bunch of sleaze degeneracy like overnight. Oh yeah, that's going to happen right off the bat, I would imagine. Uh, let me just welcome Mindspace Art to the call real quick here. Hello, hello. 
And what in the world did I just walk into? Oh, I'll have to fill you in later. That must just make no sense to that, you that since you're That's doing... all right. I'm content to listening. And <laughs> all right. I'll be quiet until the second half. Maybe right. we're approaching that. We've got Mark well, Anderson on the back line here, too, with us. Well, on the front line, actually. So Mark is here, even though you can't see him on the video screen. All right. Spore, you were going to say? Obviously, Ice Shack leads to getting the current virus. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, I mean, somebody wants to go fish on a lake in a shack, a warm shack, and they're obviously going to want prostitutes and who knows what other types of gatherings that aren't good for the current virus that's spreading. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's see here. Um, that was weird. Thank you, uh, vice.com, dreadadvice.com for uh, giving us that one. And thanks, Cricket, once again, for dropping that one our way. Um, okay, uh, Mark, any, uh, any thoughts on where we're at with what's going on in Canada? We're at day uh, 21 or 22, I believe, of uh, this, this trucker protest. I, I, don't even, I almost don't even want to call it a trucker protest because everyone is out there supporting the truckers by the looks of it. It's not just truckers, but uh, it seems like um, we've hit a pretty interesting uh, benchmark with this one today, uh, I guess Turdo declared some sort of martial law uh, with uh, declaring the Emergencies Act. Um, what's uh, what are you tracking on this one, Mark? Well, one of the more dramatic things that happened was, and I'm not sure exactly what day it was, was Brian Peckford, the former Newfoundland premier, spoke to the crowd there very recently, and it's on YouTube a very intelligent and rousing speech. And he, of course, was involved in uh, working on the Canadian Bill of Rights back in 1982, and he's the only one still alive from that committee that worked on the uh, Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is sort of like their Bill of Rights and their Constitution. And that's 1982, so that's, uh, what, 40 years ago. And he spoke to the crowd and really added some... uh, a cerebral element to it, you might say. He really brought it up a notch or two intellectually. Um, and uh, it gave, at least at least uh, in the uh, philosophical sense, it gave the, uh, the whole event more, a little more sticking power, a little more legitimacy. This guy cannot be easily written off as some crank. And he's not just agreeing with the protesters just for the sake of doing it. He you know, has thought this through very carefully and he can show very uh, uh, concisely and decisively that Trudeau is legally and constitutionally in the wrong. He's not just a tyrant, but he is literally wrong ethically, legally, constitutionally, in every way you can be wrong, Trudeau is wrong. So that, you know, that really kind of put a stamp of uh, legitimacy not that it needed one that bad, but it, you know, it, it gave it another reinforcement of that, you might say, when Peckford spoke to the crowd. So that, that was a welcome development, certainly. Um, I don't know if Trudeau is just, um, you know, throwing kind of arbitrary edicts out there saying, hey, I've invoked the Emergency Act. Look at how powerful I am. Oh, my God, you know, you're supposed to quake in my presence, you know, kiss the ring and all that. I mean, I need to make some more calls of some people that I know that live in Canada, and I don't have all the intel I want at this point in time, but I don't think these people give one crap what Trudeau says, does, or thinks. I think he's just seen as 
literally irrelevance personified. Uh, the guy just, he's a non-entity. People just don't care what he thinks or says about anything. And I don't think he was ever taken real seriously by a lot of Canadians. You know, he's hes young, he's naive, he's one of these, you know, mushy-headed idealists that doesn't have both feet on the ground. Uh, he wouldn't know a constitutional right if it smacked him on the rear. And, uh, you know, the guy, the guy just has no moral authority he i think he his mandate was 20 percent of the vote to start with uh, so he started just uh you know wobbling on one leg uh he didn't have a solid mandate and so i don't know i think the guy is just um throwing snowballs i i really don't think people take him seriously and i wonder how seriously the apparatus the government of canada will be in in enforcing this stuff hopefully they'll they'll see this guy for the you know, immature, moronic tyrant that he is, and they'll, they'll just say, look, Justin, it, it's over. We're done here. You know, you, you really need to just step down. Hopefully that's what will happen. Yeah, yeah. Here's, um, here's, here's, I didn't get to look at a lot of news this week. This was the, uh, the thing that I saw, and I just like, I was like, oh my gosh, if I drop into the news feed right now, I'm not going to come out of it until Thursday, and I got work to do. But this, this is uh, the first piece of news I heard uh, this week. Yep. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. The Emergencies Act will be used to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies at all levels across the country. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring confidence in our institutions. <laughs> restoring confidence in the institutions by declaring some sort of martial law that has never been declared before. With all of the, you know, there have been some pretty hectic situations in Canada over the last 50 to 80 years, as far as I can tell. And they, ne they never enacted this emergencies act before and if what i can uh hear in the mainstream is true what i'm hearing you guys is that this is going to make it so that the government can regulate all crowdfunding and cryptocurrency under the terrorist financing act and my immediate question is how can the government take over cryptocurrency overnight that doesn't even make sense and how can they take over crowdfunding overnight? Do they control the banks and the crowdfunding platforms? Um, it just doesn't even make sense to me. But at the same time, they're, they're saying uh, they can do all these things with this. Uh, they can basically cancel you and turn you into a non-person, uh, seize your money. Uh, and it, it, I just, I'm kind of bum fuddled everybody. Uh, here's, here's a, a tweet. Um, our friend Matt sent this one over to me. This is a tweet from Terry, uh, Glavin. If you're indirectly involved in a public gathering where some law might get broken, your bank can close your account, seize your assets and dox you to intelligence agencies. Uh, even if you just bring coffee to the protesters. And, and that uh, comment was brought forth from this album at the, or, I mean, this uh, article at the Financial Post. Banks get Ottawa protesters' names as financial crackdown gets underway. So 
Um, you know, they're, they're saying in this article that Canada's National Police Service is sending banks the names of people involved in protests um, as the first concrete step in the financial crackdown on demonstrators. So um, this is pretty, you know, I mean, it's on the one hand, it's like, well, how can they do this? Why would they do this? Because of a protest when Trudeau himself, you can look at tweets of Trudeau from uh, back in the summer of 2020 where he's praising protest and talking about how important protest is. But now that it's in Ottawa, all of a sudden they have to enact the emergencies act. So um, I'm, I'm a little bit bumfuddled by all this. And I'm also having um, to learn a little bit about how Canadian politics work and uh, they're a little uh, foreign to me um, to be literal so I guess what's happening today, if I'm understanding it, is uh, there's a, um, a, there was a really long meeting in the House of Commons, and I watched some of it, and I'm going to play you guys a clip uh, out of it right now. It seemed to me like the entirety of the conservative people in the House of Commons were completely against this and saying this is unnecessary. And all of the uh, liberal uh, uh, MPs were totally for it so it was almost this like straight down the middle sort of uh difference on the matter but um here's here's a quick clip to give you guys a kind of a sample of what it was like in this really long uh, house of commons meeting today. the emergency measures act is a declaration of a state of national urgency it is a blunt force tool that should only be used under the most serious circumstances when legal powers have been exhausted the canadians do not believe that this prime minister has exhausted all efforts yeah, yeah. the emergency measures act gives extraordinary powers to the government the prime minister would have received judicial advice from judicial officers when will this prime minister make that advice available to the public once again the protest uh, sorry once again the conservative party is trying to have it both ways uh, they spent the first few weeks both uh, complaining that the federal government wasn't acting while encouraging the illegal barricades uh, and now that the federal government has put in the hands of local police officers uh, justified proportional measured tools that will absolutely conform with the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Uh, they are now complaining that we have acted. We will continue to do what is necessary to keep Canadians and their communities and our economy safe. Canadians are tired of talking points. They want real answers. The Prime Minister's own words created fear. What are we going to do with these people? These people are taking up space, he said. These are the words of a failed leader who robbed Canadians of hope and of unity and that is why they took to the streets sure. when will this prime minister stop doubling down on his failed leadership and admit that it is it is his divisive words and mandates that led to so much turmoil in this country unlike what the member opposite believes the vaccine mandates we came forward in this country saved lives. The vaccine mandates uh, for travelers, uh, for federal public servants, contributed to one of the highest vaccination rates in the world uh, by Canadians. That has kept people safer. It has allowed our economy to come roaring back and has allowed us to get through this uh, challenging pandemic better than most. Unfortunately, Conservatives are now supporting illegal blockades that are harming our economy. 
All right. Uh, that was the, the, the general uh, tone that was going on there all day at that meeting. Um, and I don't know, Mark, uh, t give me your take on this now that you've heard that. And my understanding is that, because I'm trying to figure out, earlier today, I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, he's already, uh, they're already taking some of these powers, right? Like uh, the example of that article I just read with the banks there. But they're arguing it in the House of Commons. So uh, Ruckus dropped me an article earlier, a video actually, where I learned that if if the House of Commons votes this down, then it will be stricken. But I, I find the whole thing very, very strange uh, and just kind of wonder where this is headed. Well, one thing that Peckford said, the Newfoundland premier I mentioned a few minutes ago that's come out against the mandates is that the emergency measures that Trudeau is talking about, um, the, the Charter of Rights that, that, that Peckford worked on uh, back in 82 and are still in force, of course, uh, he said those rights could only be overridden in the, the most extreme circumstances, like if Canada were literally attacked by a foreign army or something at or near that level. He said a so-called pandemic with a 98, 99% recovery rate does not meet the criteria uh, of what's in the charter and the, the negotiations he was involved in for suspending uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedom. So uh, it does not meet the threshold, according to Peckford, who is the last living member, again, who worked on that, and his expertise is quite clear. So Trudeau just isn't making the grade here. It doesn't justify, according to this architect of, of Canada's Charter of Freedoms, it doesn't justify what, what Trudeau is doing. And I think it's, that's a pretty objective standard. Uh, so hopefully that's true, that Parliament will be able to throw some uh, a cold bucket of water on this. And uh, But that, that's an interesting point. Peckford is doing some very um, important public service here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I looked at the Emergencies Act. I believe it says, quote, uh, can be used in urgent and critical situations that seriously endanger the lives, health, or safety of Canadians, end quote. Um, and this is over, they're doing this over the trucker thing. Like, they didn't even do this for COVID, which doesn't make sense anyways, because they already took all these emergency powers and did all these terrible things to their citizens that have the citizens in this, this, uh, this enormous protest right now. So I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, a massive peaceful protest of citizenry does not qualify for the use of the emergencies act. That's what many people are arguing. But in our last boiler room, if you remember when we were talking about that protest and, and said like, really that whole COVID emergency measure was just a start, right? This is, this was a trial that they ran uh, which is just the beginning. Uh, with that emergency power that they were able to grab and not give back, and they're able to continue using, they are going to continue to use this to suppress uh, protests. They are going to continue uh, using it to suppress protests when the economy crashes. They're going to continue using it to uh, really get you to sit in your home and do nothing and just play on your metaverse. But that's... Uh, this is just a continuation or the second step of that emergency power that they were able to grab during COVID and people let them do it. And, and this is just a natural progression, right? 
of, of government. They take power and they, they test run on something with not, you know, not the full-blown measure. And if you accept it, now this is amped up and it's just going to continue going there if, if they didn't stop it. Um, and I don't know how much that, you know, parliament is a show compared to what they're going to do, right? It's all, at the end of the day, it's a show, right? It's a bunch of politicians playing together. But will anybody be able to take that emergency power from that executive branch? I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. That's just my take. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Ruckus, this is something we've been saying for two years now. You just wait. Everybody just wait. They're going to take emergency powers for this and that and climate and uh, social justice and cow farts and you name it. They'll they'll just they're going to once they know they can lock everyone down, once everyone is used to being locked down, told when there's an emergency and what it is. Uh, this is going to turn into a mushroom cloud of tyranny. And I think Infidel just put the finger on it right there. Canada, uh, well, we went from your health to, I guess, your truckers. But they're related, aren't they? I mean, this is in response to still further government response to the P-word, you know? I mean, this is so... I thought we were past this, you know? My state finally, after freaking two years or whatever just lifted its mask mandate today tonight effective immediately i'm like yay all right cool but man what a long two weeks that was right (laughs) um but i think this this is the line in the stand isn't this trucker convoy this protest against mandates from the government which are related to the response to the p-word um isn't this our, this is them saying, okay, the, you went too far and we're pushing back now, or at least that's what it's supposed to be on, on the surface anyways. Um, we don't know if this was necessarily organic. Uh, there's a lot of things we don't know about it, uh, you know, but I see it as this is, this is what happens here determines where everything goes from now on as as far as this stuff goes, you know, but we gave them the inch. They took the mile. Here's hoping that this is telling them, Hey, we're not going to give you any more miles after this or something. I don't know. It is interesting to note that, you know, we're, we're about to experience knock on wood, I suppose a shortage in our supply chain. Thanks to, uh, things that were going on, two years or more ago, maybe longer. Uh, so we're going to feel a squeeze real soon, and they're probably most likely going to try to blame this kind of thing where the truckers are too busy protesting or causing a ruckus out there in the streets and instead of delivering the goods or some some stupid shit like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fog of war, odd man out. What he just said makes me think of the fog of war, fog of propaganda war <laughs> as, as the people experience the downfall of uh the supply chain and the pinch of everything and all this uh they're gonna blame it doesn't just feel like a a bit of problem reaction solution here a little bit of uh synthesis going on like they created the problem the reaction from the proletariat was not exactly hard to predict and here they come with their synthesis uh you know let's let's just apply some martial law martial law we've been trying to get martial law in a globalist hands for a long time in the west yeah man you stole my thunder that is exactly what i was going to say <laughs> yeah i mean it's like the 
you know, I, I think Marx called it uh, conflict resolution or conflict something, but yeah, you know, the Hegelian dialectic, you know, that's, that's what it seems like to me. But then, you know, you look around and it's like, that's what damn near everything seems like in the last few years. It's like, you know, in the things that they're not creating, they're allowing to happen and exacerbating, you know, most likely uh, to kind of get the results they want. And it's, and it, it works so well, you know, because we, everybody wants to, to be free. I mean, you can't blame people for wanting their freedom, but I think it goes back to when it, the very bottom line at, at, you know, the very basic level, do we really have freedom? Um, you know, are we, I mean, it's almost like the governments can almost do anything they want to us because they're so powerful. They're, they have, you know, obviously tech, technologically speaking, so advanced, they have all the weapons, they have the armies, you know, it's, um, and I, and grant, I do know that some people in the military wouldn't, you know, go against their own people, but a lot of people will because it's going to be them versus us. And you, you never want to think of it like that, but, um, it's very scary to where they're pushing us. You know, I've been thinking about the French revolution and what went on there and stuff like that. And I know it's not exactly like that, but it's very similar. I think, um, of course, you know, the governments of that time weren't as advanced as ours now. So those people were able to overthrow them, but you know, they pushed the people to a point where, you know, they just kind of went mad, I think, and kind of turned into monsters themselves. I don't know if they're trying to do that with us, uh, it's it's a very scary time, you know, really to think about it when you look back at history and see the things that have happened and how people can be pushed to the point that they do things that they they later regret if they even have a chance to regret it. Um, and, and, and real quick, let me just mention this. It's like we were talking about a few minutes ago. These leaders, it seems like we've got these leaders that are just a joke in all these different countries. It's like, how can people take them serious, but, you know, because of the politics and, and the rivalry, people do take them serious if they're on their side of the politics. But I've never seen such a gaggle of characters that are just buffoons. And uh, it makes me wonder sometimes, are they trying to push at least half of us to the point where we would do anything to get rid of these leaders and just be led by some kind of, like, global type of, you know, anything's better than these idiots who have caused all this massive chaos in, in war and destruction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're like getting... AI, odd man, like oh. a, a program. What do you think? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe uh, we were already meta slaves before we were NFT meta slaves. I don't know. <laughs> all right uh let's see chopper what do you think man what do you think about this whole canada thing here dude this is this has gotten a little bit out of hand our our media elements of our media here in the united states are straight up calling trudeau a dictator and saying that he's ended democracy in our neighboring country i just find that whole thing very odd uh, you know, they already are blaming the supply chain, like Ruckus was saying on this. Yeah. I've and already seen that was immediately Biden came out. Oh, poor automakers. Right. And they're, so they're, they're, they're calling, they're calling racist Nazi, uh, all that stuff. Trudeau himself called truckers Nazis. 
Well, yeah, and then uh, so when you were playing that clip in their parliament, we couldn't hear most of that. It was it kept cutting out, especially when uh, Justin was talking. But the gist seemed pretty heavy. Like, were they like insulting each other and calling each other names? Or uh, well, the the conservative MPs are basically just saying you're a failed leader, and this is not necessary. You have no right to do this. We do not need this. And uh, it was just all I literally I had it on in the background for hours today while I was working. And it was just like the strangest uh, like I've watched a bit of, uh, you know, our own C-SPAN and whatnot. Uh, but watching the Canadian stuff is a trip. It's really uh, it's it's weird for me. I don't know. It's just it's foreign, I guess. But the conservative <laughs> MPs in there, uh, all of them that I saw were just totally opposed to this. And And here's the thing, Chopper, it's like. All of a sudden, in the last, in the last like two months, it has become um, en vogue, or at least okay, for uh, mass media cartel trademark Mark Anderson uh, members and politicians to to politicize the COVID response, and I find that on the one hand, a little bit refreshing, but on the other hand, it's like where the, I can look back at all you people's Twitter accounts two years ago and see what you were saying. All mm -hmm. of you were pro lockdown. All of you were pro mask mandates. All of you were calling people anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists who were saying, Hey, maybe this stuff isn't healthy for us. And Hey, they're going to make you take it eventually if we don't stop this, you know? So it's like, what happened there? I don't know the answer. I guess it's a rhetorical question, but something happened that made it acceptable to completely politicize COVID and take it off its pedestal of, uh, you know, its religious pedestal of, of dogma a little bit. Well, there is the, and we've been talking about it. There's, they're backtracking the narrative and these governors are letting off left and right. And actually I keep seeing more, um, students are protesting like walking out of school over the masks um it's it's just wildly unpopular and they can't hide that anymore maybe i mean they geez they just had the super bowl and everyone's hanging out without masks even though la county and california and all these rules and mandates and laws and whatever bs jargon lingo they want to use on it it's basically like you don't have body autonomy um yeah, you're all slaves. Put on a mask. It's, uh, you know, it's masks have been used in uh, slavery because slavery has been around forever, all through history, all parts of the world. Pretty sure masks were a big part of that in a lot of places. Just throwing that out there. Um, when you tell somebody they don't even have control of what they're going to put on their face or body or whatnot like that, I mean, this is a base level stuff. It's pretty heavy, really. I mean, and so, yeah, they're walking back. They're walking back, and it's and the CDC's squirming, and, well, the CDC and Biden don't want to. They want to keep on pushing this stuff, and then Fauci's backtracking. I seen today that, oh, the CDC's going to make another mask announcement. Probably tell us buy more 3M masks. We still got some left. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yep, got to sell as many of those N95s as we can or leave them out to rot in the rain, as we've seen. All right, uh, let's see. We're going to go to break soon here. I'm going to go to Mindspace Art and then Mark Anderson, and we'll get out of here, Get take a quick break here. Uh, Mindspace, 
What do you think about this, man? Um, what is the deal? Like, am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to cheer and be stoked when I see some ghoulish politician say the right thing about COVID responses now? Because I'm having a really hard time getting behind it. You know what I mean? Because we've been out here hanging our junk out in the street for the last two years and getting called names and socially rejected and, you know, getting our junk run over. And, you know, now all of a sudden people are, are stealing things that we said two years ago and, and using it for their own political gain, their own power play. And to me, it just, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted. I have a bit of dissonance because on the one hand, I, I, I like seeing it in the mainstream, like a little bit of common sense returning, but at the same time, it's like, why now? Where were you the last two years? Right. Um, and, you know, in the words of the great political genius, Drake, we went zero to 100 real quick, okay, on this whole situation, on this whole game. And, of course, what you're talking about, this is these are placation techniques, right? It's like they starved everybody out. And then, like, once you're like, whoa, you know, I'm actually dying here. And you're looking around and seeing other people dying and you're suddenly realizing. Then they're like, oh, we'll give you a crumb. And the crumb is some talking point that they lifted from us or other people who are actually talking about the reality of what's going on. And it's just enough to keep much of the herd bumbling along and kind of thinking there's some legitimacy here. But what we've discovered through the context of everything that we talk about here, uh, the deep work that, you know, for instance, you can go and reference Odd Man's work on this. He goes into the deep occult history of some of the secret societies and things like this. What we know is that there's a logical thread running through this whole thing that is antithetical to freedom, sovereignty, um, you know, borders, uh, being able to actually sustain yourself long term, because all of that is going to be eaten alive by this entity without a name, you know, what it, whatever you want to call it, uh, Zuba Ganaya, or it's the space aliens, or it's the reptilians, who cares? We all know that it's got a different mentality than uh, your benefit in mind. So we can never give these people back our trust. Who would we giving be giving our trust back to? We need to take that trust, you know, bestow it upon ourselves and each other, strengthen and deepen our, our resolve for the battles that are going to come because, you know, we can't be placated and soothed to sleep anymore. We just know too much, and this whole veil has been lifted so you know we can't live in that old world and and they keep on trying to bring us back there yeah well said man well said all right mark anderson we're going to go to break soon but i'll give it over to you for uh, your thoughts on uh where we're leaving it here before we go to break yeah i like what was just said that was very good um one of the things that in a republic in our country at least ideally was that all power is derivative it comes from the people and when there's a complete dissolution of the government to which our authority was delegated through the Constitution, then the Tenth Amendment basically says that that uh, the power the powers that uh, are not directly de delegated to the federal government automatically belong to the states and the people anyway. And those powers that do belong to the federal government, delegated to it by the Constitution, if they completely 
um, botch this and and just turn into an intolerable tyranny, which is not what our republic at all was designed or intended to be, then logically all power um, reverts back to the people, not just the Tenth Amendment arrangement, but essentially everything. And so we, by and large, have to create a new government. I, I don't think there's any other way of looking at it. In the meantime, I think we're, we have to kind of live a sort of semi-government or, you know, I don't know what the word is, but an existence where the central government no longer, you know, can be seen as trustworthy or operable. Um, it, it's basically dissolved or, or you know, I don't know what the other what the best description of it is, but it, it's an interesting time we're living in, but, but we're going to really have to learn to govern ourselves. But the thing I'll say until I'm blue in the face is that, that the narrative that the mass media cartel is losing, they, they are slowly but surely losing the narrative. We in the alternative media have to grab that narrative. That is the Holy grail right now. It's not government per se. It's the news narrative. It's information. If we can get a hold of that and, and we can keep the mass media cartel going the downward direction they're already going, all they need is that little extra kick, then that's a good place to be, at least in the midterm. Win the narrative, and then we can clean the slate and see what else needs to be done. There you go, wrestling the narrative away from the ghouls. That's the Boiler Room's mission tonight, and uh, we are live this February the 17th right here broadcasting out of Central Texas. It's just after 10 p.m. We are just after an hour into this recording, and we're going to take a quick intermission over here. So thanks for checking out the show if you're out there in the live rooms. I am managing too many things to keep my eye on it tonight. I'm sure I'm missing some great conversation in there, but... uh. If you're out there listening and you're not in there, go to alternatecurrentradio.com and click the Join Discord button on the main menu up there so that you can get into the uh, chat mosh pit. We'll be right back. I'll leave you with some walk-on army here. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.